Warning, uh, the following uh, podcast contains like like really strong language, man, and like adult situations. Like like I wouldn't let my kids listen to it, right? Like I wouldn't do that because you know they would like really mess up their minds. So don't let them hear this. All right, is what I'm telling you. Okay. Welcome to episode two of Monogamy. In our last episode, well, technically speaking, it was our first episode, not our last one. Our last one won't happen for quite a while yet. But it also was our last episode because it was the last one we did. So in our first and last episode... Well, that doesn't sound right at all, does it? It makes it seem like there are no more episodes to come, and clearly that's not the case, because this is only our second episode and not our first or last one. Anyway, let's listen to some clips of the exciting stuff that happened in the last show that we did. Previously on Monogamy. I have to admit, Sam, I do have mixed emotions about going back to monogamy. That's ridiculous. Mixed emotions? You? Like what? Well, right now I'm feeling lots of ambivalence and dread. Picture, if you will, a man puking and bleeding into a quiet town reservoir. Anadom, what are you doing? We didn't come 5,000 light years to this planet to destroy its life forms. Oh my god! UFO! No UFO, Johnny! You're letting the bugs in! No! UFO! UFO! Look, Stevie! A UFO! Wow! Pretty exciting stuff, huh? But it's nothing compared to what you'll hear in today's thrilling episode of Monogamy! Rock hard here again. I don't know about you, but I don't like surprises. Takes the fun out of spontaneity, you know what I mean? Before I'm leaving my office, I like to know exactly where I'm going, who I'm sleeping with, and what hospital I'll be checking into afterwards. Surprises are bad news, like Pearl Harbor or Season 7 of The Bachelor. Take the Prime Minister's plan to start a war with Easter Island. Most people aren't even aware that war is coming, especially Sam Toad, who's just showing up for his first day of work at the Neckwear Tally Factory. Neckwear Tie Factory, please hold. Hello there. Can I help you? I certainly hope so. Sam Toad's the name, Tie Sales is the game. How's that? Well, I'm your new tie salesman. Somebody supposed to show me around today? Really? Well, that's news to me. Uh, please have a seat. Don't mind if I do. Say, you're not a man, are you? What? No, nothing, it's okay. I'll be over here reading this magazine. Mm-hmm. Tie Boy Monthly. Well, look at this handsome fellow. Nice tie. Be good if you had some other clothes on, though. Just not comfortable with that. Uh, g- good morning, Jenny. Oh, good morning, Mayor Wiener. Is the board of directors still meeting at 11? I'm sorry, sir. They've had to reschedule your um, appointment yeah. for later. But if you have a moment, that gentleman over there is our new salesman. Oh, yeah. And he needs someone to show him around the factory. Well, sure, I, I guess I could do that. Uh, what's his name? Sam Toad. Sam Toad? Yes, indeed he do. A Dick Wiener. So, how was your drive up here, Sam? Well, it was fine for a while, but my wife, Ella, made me stop to pick up a hitchhiker. Well, that (laughs) was very foolish. Yeah, what can you do, though? I had to bring her. She's my wife. I can't wait to meet her. Seriously? Why? Well, I'm sure she's lovely. I used to date somebody named Ella, actually. Years ago, now. Well, Sam... You ready to sell some ties? Oh, you bet. Say, those are two beauties you're wearing right there. Well, you know, here at the 
neckwear tie factory, we say, why wear one tie when you can wear two? Hell, why not wear three, I say? Well, sir, you could be on to something there. Yes, sir, you really could. So, uh, what do you say uh, I show you how things are done around here? Sounds great, Dick. You know, Sam, uh, people think uh, tie-making is just a matter of cutting and stitching small bits of colorful cloth together, but it's actually much more involved than that. Hmm. This way. Okay. This is the loading dock where we bring in all the bolts of cloth. I see. Here's where the cloth gets cut and dried. Interesting. This is where we add all the wood. I had no idea. Biodiversity lab. <laughs> Top secret stuff. Aerodynamics correction facility. The alloys are all melted down here. It's over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit inside that kiln. Uh, what's that in Celsius, Richard? Uh, seen enough? You bet. Fine, let's go back to the office. It's this way. Well, Sam, what do you think? Sort of gives you the chills, doesn't it? All I can say is, wow, Richard, I, I really had no idea. I can't wait to get out on the road with a product like this. It practically sells itself. Well, let's go down to the cafeteria, grab a coffee. Mr. Next Year's Top Salesman. Great. Right in here, Sam. Say, looks like the Prime Minister's getting ready to say something on TV. Uh, why don't you turn up the sound uh, while I get our coffees? Okay. Oh, damn it. There goes my pager. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, look, Sam, I gotta go. You enjoy a coffee, and uh, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow, okay? Sure thing, Dick. Uh, okay, later. What a swell guy. <laughs> well, let's see what the PM has to say. And so, my fellow Canadians, that is why we must fight for our Judeo-Islamic Christianic beliefs and defeat the monsters of Easter Island, that vicious spoke in the great wheel-like structure of semi-evil. Soon a recruitment officer will be coming to your town. We hope that some of you will do the honorable thing and join up to help save democracy. Here now is some video showing just a few of the horrific terrorist activities that Easter Islanders have perpetrated. Fuck you, Easter Island! Oh, jeez, look at the time. I better get home. Ella will be worried. Gee, all these hallways seem the same. I could have sworn we came in this way. Now try that door at the end there. <coughs> oh, uh, hi there, Sam. Hello there, Richard. I sort of got lost out there. <laughs> Say, why are you wearing that dress? And what's with the dead lamb? Oh. Well, who are all you guys? The board of directors or something? <laughs> Say, that guy over there sort of looks like Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and hey, aren't you the Pope? <clears throat> we were uh, just rehearsing a skit for the company Christmas party. In July? No sense waiting till the last minute, Sam. Yeah, I hear that. Well, see you tomorrow, then.
Gosh, that Richard sure is a nice guy. Hi. Me again. You know, I had no idea that time-making was such a big deal. Makes you wonder what they have to go through to make a pair of pants, huh? Anyhow, Sam seems to be off to a good start with his new boss, doesn't he? Hey, I wonder what those alien guys are up to. Remember them? I wonder if they reached monogamy yet. Let's find out, shall we? Abnard, I thought you said monogamy was just up here. The coordinates might be a bit off since Amadam spilled her eye polish onto the console. Well, if you'd stop trying to grab my flanchulator every two minutes... I wouldn't be caught dead touching your flabby flanchulator. Look, just shut up, will you? My heels are killing me. Abnard, run back and get the ship. Get Anodam to do it. It's all her fault anyway. Anodam, go get the ship. Why do you just do everything he says? You're the captain. Tell him to get his lazy ass back there. Abnard, get your lazy ass back to the ship. With all due respect, sir, I am a senior officer on this mission. Oh, please. There are only three of us here, and we're all officers. Okay, look, that's it. Everybody back to the ship. I've had it with this mission. But, sir, we've only just started. We must find Tweedle. Since he escaped from Gladbag Prison, the universe is in dire peril. Oh, how bad could it be? Twenty million people and seven could die. But you can't kill us, right? Um, not really sure about that part. Well, you don't know? You're the doctor, dammit! Now, wait a minute here. No one said Tweedle could kill us. Why didn't you tell me that when you chose me for this mission? I didn't choose you. Your name came up over a coffee transfusion with General Tiffa. Oh, I feel faint. Do I have a fever? Here we go again. You're fine, Captain. Uh, what do you know? Last time you gave me something for constipation, it almost blew my ass off. Hey, look. I'm getting an energy reading on my energy reading thingy. Over there, Captain. Some sort of motion capsule. What does it say on the side? Well, according to the translator, Tron, it says, If this van's a rocking, don't come a knocking. Well, it certainly seems to be rocking. Let's get closer. Oh, what do you think it is, Captain? I'm guessing a late-model Chevrolet minivan. No, I mean that awful sound. It must be the sound earthlings make when they are in pain. Now be careful. They can be dangerous when they're hurt. I'll look inside. Oh, now that is really disgusting. Well, let me see. My God, they're consuming each other. Shouldn't we do something? Oh, it's not our place to interfere in the nature of things. The one with the milk sacks looks pretty nasty. I still think we should do something. Oh, okay, okay. Just don't kill them. Set your laser to freeze. That should cool down their hideous dance of death. Way to go, stupid. You set it on barbecue. Didn't anyone ever show you how to use that thing? Well, I'm sorry, but it just has numbers on the dial. Which one is freeze? I think it's five. No, five gets you stoned. Look, we have to find a hospital. My throat is starting to ache. <clears throat> Let's go. You know, I've seen some pretty hot sex in my life. Especially when I'm putting the peep on some druggist cheating wife. But those aliens sure are getting an eyeful of what doing the earthling is all about. Remember Ella Toad, Sam's wife? The one who's nervous about returning to her old hometown? A mix of ambivalence and dread is how she put it, I think. Well, she's going to be feeling a lot of ambivadread right now. She tries to hook up with her old man. But you know what that famous guy said? You can never go home. Hello? Is anyone home? Hello? Hands up! 
Oh, don't shoot. You're trespassing. Law says I can blow your goddamn head off without even thinking twice. The law doesn't say that. My law does. Dad, it's me, Ella. Who? Ella, I'm one of your many children. Remember, I moved away to make something of myself. Didn't work out, huh? Which one were you again? I'm the one that had milk bottles as friends. Oh, right, the pathetic one. Maybe you better come inside. Someone might see you. Thanks, Dad. Have a seat. Well, not there. That's my drinking chair. All settled down now? Well, let me tell you what's been going on in my life, shall I? Okay. First, I had a nasty accident with an electric fan. That was about 30 years ago. Then I got to my knees and I put... And so then your mum died in my arms. God took her away. <laughs> I thought you said you shot her. Well, sure, I shot her, but God took her away after I shot her. So you help God in a way. Yeah, God needs help sometimes. Uh, what's your name again? Ella. Yeah, right, Ella. Your mom loved you, did you know that? Oh, did she say that? Well, not so many words, no, but she loved lots of things. Slippers, chocolate, coffee beans, those kittens from them toilet paper commercials. So I'm sure she loved you, too, uh... Ella. Right, Ella. We named you after my second wife, you know. Your mom wanted to name you Frank, but I insisted on Ella because I really loved my second wife. That's a lovely, moving story, Dad. Please, call me Roy. Okay, Roy. I wanted to let you know that I'm living here in monogamy again. So? Well, I, I thought that maybe, you know, you know, we could, you know, start again and put the past behind us and be a family again. I don't need no family. I just finished burying your mother. When did you bury her? This morning. She's out there by the dumpster behind the Chicken King. In fact, if you want, you can visit the whole family. They're all buried there, you know. Uh, maybe I should go. All right, but before you go, I, I need to ask you something. What's that? Can I borrow 20 bucks? I don't have any money. Well, that's going to have to change if you want to start hanging around here. Are you going to get a job? Well, actually, my husband has a job at the neckwear tie factory. You're kidding. Yeah, he's a salesman there. No, I mean, you have a husband? Yes. Does he have 20 bucks? Probably. Well, I got to have some money. There's a war on, you know. No, I didn't know. Well, there is. I just saw it on TV. We're fighting the unholy murdering fanatics of Easter Island. Easter Island? Well, that sounds so nice, like bunnies live there. Now it's filled with killers that want to destroy our way of life and everything we stand for. Like women's rights? Okay, almost everything. Anyway, you could join the army. I don't like the idea of killing anybody. Oh, come on now. Uh, Ella. Ella. If you want to be the son I never had or wanted, you'll get down to that recruiting office and be a man for once. You sure you don't have 20 bucks? Yes. 15? No. 10? No. No one ever said it was easy being a daughter, or a son even. Whichever is the case here, I can't really tell. I'd have to do more research on that one. But there's one thing I do know about, and that's cop shops. You know, the house, the nick, front and fucked. That's right, police stations. And right now, two frantic young boys have just run into the monogamy police station with a tail tall enough to raise even the stiffest of eyebrows. And if there's another thing I know about, it's raising stiffies. Officer! Officer! Something really terrible has happened! Let me guess. Your soccer ball got run over by your next-door neighbor's minivan. No! An alien spacecraft landed on our campsite and crushed our best friend's tent! 
An alien spacecraft, you say? Oh, that must have been scary. Oh, look, officer, you got to believe us. Yeah, you got to get a squad car out there right now. Tell you what, I'll put out a BFD right away. Don't you mean an APB? No, a BFD. A big fucking deal. What? What's the matter, fellas? Bored with your video games? Had to make up a silly story for the lazy policeman to get your jollies? No, no, that's not it at all. Oh, I've seen your types before. All the girls at school don't give a shit about you, so you try and jerk off to pictures of Lady Gaga. But you're too stupid to know how to masturbate, so you end up peeing your bed at night and crying yourselves to sleep, am I right? <laughs> no! Why are you being so mean? Oh, am I making you cry, you pimple-faced little tit-hugger? Stop it! Why don't you and this little Lord Frontalroy fagboy brother of yours just dance yourselves all the way home, you poofy little tarted-up scaredy-pants fruitcakes? <laughs> we just wanted to report an alien landing. Oh, yeah? Well, while you're at it, why don't you set all the minks in Spain free? You'd like that, wouldn't you? Seeing all those little weasel wannabes running blind into the wilderness only to be slattered by hormone-sucking transvestite Muslim maniacs who blow up trains when they're not sleeping with your poor cow of a mother who, by the way, never really loved you, you know, and never will because of your filthy, disgusting, adolescent, dolphin-loving, false sense of morality which no one could really understand even if they wanted to try. When did you say this happened? A few, few hours ago. Hold on a minute. You got a minute there, Lieutenant? What's up, Serge? Two kids claim to have seen an alien spaceship. Jesus, sounds serious. Send him in. The detective wants to see you. We'll get along then. Come on in and sit down, boys. So I hear you two have been through a rough experience. You want to tell me about it? Uh, sure, Detective. An alien spaceship landed on our friend's tent out of the monogamy campgrounds, and now Lewis is wandering around in a daze. I swear it's true. Yeah, you got to believe us. Oh, I believe you, boys. Y you do? Sure, I do. Why, I was once taken by aliens myself. Really? Oh, sure. They sucked me up in a big tubey vacuum thing uh, and probed me with a 50-foot anaconda. The captain of the ship was Santa Claus. The first mate was the Easter Bunny, and Jesus Christ himself was the stewardess. The little green slaves working on board had eyes the size of beach balls and farted Mozart's Cossi Van Tutti while they sacrificed a moose and a virgin to their bloated god. I managed to break free... Uh, and jumped out of a portal and fell 20,000 feet to the ground without a parachute. Fortunately for me, I landed in a town called Spongeville, which saved my life. Wow, I think he's lying, Johnny. Oh, gee, you think? Now get out of here, you lying snot-nosed diaper-wearing crybabies. Why won't anyone believe us? All right, all right. Stop your blubbering. Officer Daly! Get your butt in here. What's up, Detective? I want you to check for an alien spaceship out at the monogamy campground. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, and if you see a young kid called Lewis wandering around a bit dazed and confused, shoot him. Hey! I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really. Shoot him. Right. Will Sam Toad succeed in his new job at the Thai factory? Is something sinister going on behind the scenes there? Can Ella Toad build a future from a tortured past? Will the aliens find Tweedle before he destroys the universe? 
Will the police find the aliens before they find Tweedle? Will this narration ever end? To find out, tune in for the next exciting episode of Monogamy. Monogamy.